You're listening to The Real Health Podcast by Ebony May. Beliefs influence 95% of the decisions and actions that you take. So if your beliefs aren't aligned to the life that you want to live, to the person that you want to be, how are you supposed to accomplish that and get to where you want to be? And I'm on the roll. Hello guys, welcome back to the Real Health Podcast. This is episode two of the Mastering Your Mindset series with NLP coaches and Intentionally Me founders, Maddie and Beck. This is the five-part series that dives into the inner self-pyramid, helping you to master your mindset. If you've missed episode one, pause here and head back to episode 96 where the girls tackle experiences. Today is all about beliefs, how they are formed, how we can stop them from holding us back. And I also asked the girls about one that I've heard so many times recently and they talk us through it. It is always a pleasure talking to Maddie and Beck, and I cannot wait for you guys to get into this juicy episode. Without further ado, here are Maddie and Beck from Intentionally Me. Maddie and Beck, welcome back to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having us. Yes, so excited to be here again. So I loved our discussion last month talking all about experiences. And if you're just timing in now, you haven't listened to that other episode, go back, listen to that one, and then come back to this one. It's the Mastering Your Mindset series. So let's just quickly do a little bit of a recap of the last series. Okay, cool. So on experiences and what they are, and they're basically um, events or circumstances in your life that make up your beliefs, thoughts, actions, inactions, reactions, and then your results. So over this series, we're touching on all five of these. Yeah, so basically experiences happen to you, but you don't have to choose to react to them in a certain way. You can kind of make your own path. Yeah, awesome. And if you ha- like I said, if you haven't listened to that episode, the girls go into a lot of depth with that. And there's also some awesome takeaway points. So head back and listen to that one and I'll link that in the show notes. But today we're talking about something that I absolutely love talking about, which is beliefs and limiting beliefs. So to start off with, what are beliefs and how do we form beliefs? Beliefs. So beliefs is it's such a... Um fascinating topic because we all have beliefs and they're formed generally between the ages of zero to seven and they're formed from our experiences which is why they're next on our pyramid we have experiences at the bottom so something will happen to us as a child even when we're growing up we will then have a thought a feeling an emotion about that experience and then we will create a belief from that yeah yeah So beliefs can come from our experiences or they can come from also like our influences. So they can come from the people around us. That's why we also say um, they get formed from the age of zero and seven. Um, So most people will find that they might believe something to be true to a certain point, but they won't really know how they got that belief. And it could be something that happened to them when they were as young as three years old. And it could just be something that impacted their life in a way that they weren't really sure of like when I was younger I had a belief that my my nana was like 
a certain way about everything, but really she wasn't. But it was just a belief I had from when I was very, very young because of circumstance that got happened. Then as I got older, I kind of worked through that and talked about the situation and was like, well, I can't believe I carried that for such a long time. And when you think about it, there's a statistic that beliefs influence 95% of the decisions and actions that you take. So if your beliefs aren't aligned to the life that you want to live, to the person that you want to be, how are you supposed to accomplish that and get to where you want to be? And that's why we're so passionate about helping people to rewrite and overcome limiting beliefs and to move forward. I want to touch on something, Beck, that you said. You said that you finally realized that the belief wasn't actually true. How do we become self-aware in terms of our beliefs? I'm sure that we don't we don't consciously run through them every day. It's something that is a personal truth to us. So when it is impacting us, but we're not actually recognizing it, what are some things that we can do to become more self-aware to realize if we do have any beliefs that are untrue? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. For me in that particular situation, I did timeline therapy on it. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Is it? I haven't done it before, but is it like a regression? Is that also what it's called? Similar to regression, timeline therapy is where you work with the root cause of every negative emotional limiting belief. So it's based off the belief that um, every belief, there was a time where we did not have that belief because as human beings, we're only born with two fears and that's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Every other belief that we have is created at some point in our life. It can be a significant moment that, you know, our parents yelled at us when we were a child or our boyfriend broke up with us. So timeline therapy helps us work with that root cause and go back to it and heal it. Yeah. So for example, what I was talking about, that all came up because when you do timeline therapy, you work through the different emotions. There's anger, uh, and well, anger is your first one, sadness, fear, guilt, and hurt. So yeah, you work through your, the, those five different emotions and anger was the first one that I did and that's how it all came up to me. So you do it un- unconsciously, so sorry, you do it front like subconsciously. The only reason timeline therapy like might not work for people is if they're, they're too conscious because you have to do it on a subconscious level to find out what that emotion was. So with the whole thing that happened with my nana, I went back to the first time that I ever felt anger and it was back when I was three and then what you do is you you, you go back in your mind. It's, it sounds a little bit woohoo, doesn't it? It sounds a little bit woohoo, but it's like when you go back in your mind to the first event that you can remember when it happened and then you go down into the event, you tell us what you can see, you tell us what emotions come up, you tell us why that you're feeling that emotion and then we kind of get you to come out of the event so you're looking at it but like from an aerial view so you're not in it you're not with the emotion you're looking down on it and then you have to learn the lessons that you need to to need to know to let go of that emotion and then when you come back through your timeline you can then release all the emotion and it's totally crazy like I had a lot of anger and bit um resentment and stuff built up um with my mum and my nana over a lot of different things I used to argue with my mum all the time about my nana and then after letting all of that go I've had like the best relationship with both of them there's been no arguments like there was a lot that I can now understand that I couldn't see before so yeah it's totally crazy 
I love that so much. I'm very much so here for the woo-woo stuff. <laughs> do you girls do that with your clients? Yeah, yeah. So me, Maddie and I um, both studied neurolinguistic programming and timeline therapy. So, yeah, we can do it on each other and on our clients. I've had massive, massive breakthroughs um, with clients who have experienced a lot of trauma um, growing up and they've, like, kind of come from broken families and been in um, foster homes and stuff as well. So they had a lot of emotions to let go of and it's been, yeah, life-changing so powerful yeah amazing okay so I want to know let's talk about some other examples have you guys had any beliefs that have held you back and what did you sort of do to combat that Ooh, when I think about it I've had quite a few beliefs that have really held me back one of them in particular would be the belief that I'm not good enough and that belief, I carried it. It started all when I was a child as well because my dad passed away when I was three and I was staying at my grandma's house and I just, I don't know, I carried this belief throughout my life that I wasn't good enough. And it wasn't until two years ago when I was 21 that I actually looked at my life. I looked at the results I was getting and I went, hey, hold on. I'm not taking opportunities. I'm self-sabotaging. I don't have great friendships. I'm drinking all the time. I'm not living my best life. And I really got to the root cause of that, which was, I don't feel like I'm good enough to live those things and to do all of those things. So that belief for me was super powerful. Yeah, I did timeline therapy as well to rewrite it. And I did a whole process. Are there any key questions when you come to that crossroad where you realize, okay, this is a belief that I have, and this is a belief that isn't serving me. Are there any key questions that you guys ask yourselves to sort of debunk that? To change it, in, like to change the limiting beliefs? Yeah. Because I know that I was speaking to another podcast guest actually, and she said that she had a lot. And the first thing she asked herself is there any truth in this? So is there anything else that you guys sort of ask yourself in that moment when you finally realize that you've got a limiting belief? What other things do you ask or what other routes do you take? Yeah. Yes. So one of the first questions I, I always ask myself is what evidence is there to support that? And this is so great because most of our beliefs, we often think that our beliefs are reality and they're the truth, but they're actually just beliefs. So when you stop to ask yourself, okay, is there actually any evidence around this belief and is this the truth or the reality of it yeah I love that I think that's so important because when and I, I think it's also important to acknowledge that when we talk about beliefs like they feel so real to the person because they are true to the person but then asking whether it's true in reality is a completely different thing and I know that I've struggled with that in the past like I think something's very very true and it might be someone else who triggers it within you to ask whether it is actually true but I love that evidence-based question like what evidence do I have to support it because if you can't come up with any actual true logical evidence to support that it's true and you can come out with all of this evidence supporting that it's not true then I feel like that would be a really critical step in realizing okay perhaps this is just me and in my head. Yeah and like another like really good one especially like I think a lot of us get caught up in um judging ourselves and we're not enough and then when we have all those sorts of comments of like comparing ourselves to others our like our worthiness isn't really up there so I think sometimes um like to ask yourself like compared to what compared to who like why why am I putting my my myself down much like like what why aren't I good enough like what, what am I comparing that to like what where am I setting the standard yeah exactly and I think sometimes I actually did the motivation episode this morning which is all about timelines and I think so often we think oh I haven't done enough yet or I should I should be here I should be doing that and we need to ask ourselves 
why? Like where is this rule book? Where is this universal timeline that we're meant to be doing these certain things by a certain time? And often it is sort of triggered. And I think a lot of time by social media, we look at somebody else and they're doing something. And then all of a sudden we think, oh, I should be doing that. Or I'm not good enough because this person has that. But actually asking like, compared to who, like who, who am I asking permission for? Like who, who is holding this belief for me? It's only going to be you. Yeah. I love what you said about the rule book, because I love this like analogy of that. Sometimes we have something called the manual and the manual could be a rule book for yourself or a rule book for your partner or a rule book for a friend. But it's so funny when you think about it in that concept because you have in your head or like all these beliefs that things should go a certain way. But half the time, let's just say like it's about your relationship, right? So you have all these beliefs that like your relationship has to go like this, your partner has to do this. The thing is, you probably haven't even showed your partner the manual that you have for them. So they don't even know that you have all these beliefs of how the relationship should be. But realistically, you shouldn't have really any expectations for someone else, not to that standard in any way. I love that. I think with that, it's dangerous because sometimes we don't actually know what our expectations are. We just make perhaps it was, you know, something to do with our parents. And we've seen the way that they are in a relationship and then we subconsciously hold that. So then when our partner doesn't match up, then we get upset with it. But we haven't even acknowledged to ourselves that that's a standard for us or a boundary. So how are they possibly meant to know? I think that that's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like we've just created some new questions. <laughs> Ebony, I think we've just created a rule book question for people. People can go away now and say to themselves, what rules do I have to myself? What manual am I trying to uphold and why? Like, why am I trying to do that? What's it going to change? Oh, exactly. I think that's so important. I love that. So important to ask. And I think for me personally, one thing that I always used to say when I was younger and like not even that long ago was that I want to have kids by a certain time or, you know, I want to have this many kids by this old. I want to be engaged at this time. That always goes out the window, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, (laughs) I know. And it was actually my boyfriend who said, he was like, you need to stop putting ages on things because (laughs) it's one, it's not going to actually like, yeah, I believe in manifestation, but you're not going to talk it into existence by saying a certain time. You're just going to put pressure on yourself. And then on the flip side, if it doesn't happen by that time, then you're going to feel down on yourself. So creating these expectations down to a T, it's only going to be damaging. And I think, isn't it just funny? Because I know that for me, my mum had her first child when she was she just turned 21. Obviously, I didn't want a child yet at 21, but because she was a young mum, I wanted to be a young mum. And I think I looked at all of those things um, that weren't important. Whereas now when I'm a little bit older and I was looking back, I think about how my parents have been able to raise me and, and the resources that they had and the things that they had done. And I view it in a, such a different way. I think I don't need to do something by a certain time. Like when I feel like I've I'm ready like in that time, then that will be the right time. But I think we get so caught up in in being like, okay, by this time I want to do this, by this time I want to do that and living so in the future that we're going to look back and be like, I don't remember being 22 because I was so excited to be 24 and have three kids and be married and have a house. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, I love that. I remember when I was 17 and I was just so excited to turn 18. <laughs> I just wished the time away. Yeah, that's right. And I think like what like like they are mm. beliefs as well. Like you have all these beliefs that everything should be done by a certain age, but like even just mentioning manifesting, I don't think you can like you said, like wish all those things into your life because like I think everything happens when you let go of control. Yeah, and when it's supposed to happen as well instead of forcing it. Yeah, exactly, and not strangling 
the oxygen out of your dream by saying it has to be this time. And I think especially, you know, when you're turning 18, it's like you think you're going to wake up on your 18th birthday and just be this amazing, shiny new woman. And it doesn't happen like that. Like you are the age that you are right now and the only time you get to be the age that you are right now is right now. I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo and like, you know, like it's obvious that you're only getting to this age right now. But um, I'm the youngest out of quite a lot of my friends and they often say, oh, you're so lucky. And they're only like, you know, 12 months older. But now it's gotten to that point where like they're turning 24 and they're like, I don't want to turn 24. And it's like, you know, my sister's getting a bit older too. And it's like, it's so funny how it changes. I remember being 12 and being like, yeah, I'm 12, but like, in eight and a half months, I'm going to be 13. And now people are saying, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, I only just turned 24. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not old 24. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all about enjoying the time that you are in right now because it's the only time you'll ever get. Like you're not promised, you know, anything beyond now. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Exactly. There's so much peace and happiness in the present moment. Yeah, 100%. And that's like that. that's the thing about beliefs. Like, like you nailed it before when you said like you're living too far into the future or sometimes you're living too far back in the past and you have to live in the moment because um, what was that statistic? Maddie's really the statistic. So what was that statistic on um, how many people aren't living in the present moment? Is it 95%? I think it's 95. Yeah, I think it was 95% of people uh, aren't living in the present moment and only 5% of people are, which is crazy. Isn't that scary? Yeah, it's insane to think about it. But then you think about, you know, how often like us, like Beck, are you in the present moment during the day? We get so wrapped up. No, but one of the times that I do try and be present is um, when I go for a shower. I I don't know. I might have heard this on another podcast. Um, when I go for a shower, I let the water run over me, and I just imagine that it's the day washing off of me, and I just try and stay in the present moment. Because usually, you know, you think about everything in the shower. Yeah. I'm the worst for. I always say that I get the best ideas in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> which I do have great ideas in the shower but it is a really good time to try and be present yeah exactly and and enjoy it and I think we take the when we don't when we're not present we take the enjoyment out of it like if we're thinking about okay I've got to have a quick shower and then I've got to go back and do my emails I've got to go back and do this you don't actually enjoy the shower and then if you do that with everything then when do you when do you enjoy things yeah I feel like because we're recording late at night I don't usually record late at night I'm getting these like 420 like thoughts (laughs) (laughs) I love that I took us down a rabbit hole. Beck, what was your belief that held you back and how did you combat that? So I have this saying and I always say, um, let's go deeper, not wider. And it's because I think that um, we have to go deeper with our audience to create impact and not go wider. And I, and I sometimes I fear that if we go wider and we grow, that it's not going to be as impactful as it would be is like if we kept it kept it intimate and went deeper with people you know what I mean but I've been like talking to Maddie about it and she made some really good points of the day and I was like oh I think it's a limiting belief now (laughs) so I'm still working through that yeah that's pretty belief like 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 look at Tony Robbins and like um like all these people that get rooms and rooms and rooms full of people right and they still create so much impact and I'm like Maddie I don't want to have like more than 30 people at an event because then we can't get around to everyone and like then I feel like I'm not giving as much value well like I can still give as much value up on the stage to 100 people it doesn't have to be intimate like you just got to find other ways to like get your message across maybe you might not get to talk to everyone individually one-on-one but you can still create just as much value 
Yeah. And I think in terms of content, that's probably a good rule to go by, you know, go deeper into your niche and your area than wider, like then, then you risk dilution. But in terms of impact and reaching people, I think you're going to reach as many people as you need to reach. Whoever needs to hear the things that they need to hear are going to hear it anyway. And I think as long as you're going deep within the content and the vein of things that you're talking about and not going wide and, you know, talking about everything under the sun because it's a trend or because because this person said it or X, Y, Z, I think that that's what's important. I haven't heard that before, though, going going deeper, not wider. I really like that in the content sense. I feel like sometimes I, I was like that as well, and sometimes still now I am. My boyfriend asked why I'm not doing more boot camps, and I was like, oh, you know, like this reason or this reason or this reason, and I think a lot of it just came back to that's the next step. That's a little bit harder or there's a little bit more involved in that. So really I was sort of kind of BSing my way by excusing it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> but it's good to have the awareness about it, right? Like, like how good is it that we can sit here and talk about it and say, this is what I've been doing lately, this is what I've been, been believing, um, when, like, you could be, like, kind of, like, so mindlessly, like, blank and not even paying attention to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that it's it's good to realise what feelings or what reactions you have when people ask you something because it was something about when he asked me about boot camps, it was like, ooh, like it just didn't feel good. There was something there and then I knew it triggered something within yeah. me. And I think sometimes like, I don't know, do some people not get that or do they just get it all the time so they brush over it? I don't know. But for me, I think I've become really in tune with that little niggling feeling. And actually this is to do with beliefs as well. So I'm, I'm a real tangent girl, but this is to do with beliefs. I, um, <laughs> I spoke to somebody on the phone and pretty much it was just this random thing that they were asking something of me and it was completely not like within my values but it's really hard because this person is like a relative so I wanted to be able to help them out but at the same time it wasn't something that I really believed in and um, so it sort of compromised my values yeah. and I got onto the phone to my mum and I was just like I feel so like lame I can't believe I crossed a boundary like I wasn't you know I didn't go through alignment I sort of just let someone I wanted to please people blah 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 and she said the fact that you've had such a visceral and extreme reaction to the you know to having a boundary crossed is a good thing because it obviously doesn't happen all the time and I think that that was a a good point that when we have these beliefs because I think beliefs and values they're not the same but they're similar yeah they, they do come together yeah sometimes they can be crossed and it's like it's almost a good practice and I was like you know what I'm going to be even stricter with my boundaries and my beliefs and my values because I did not like how that felt yeah no that's so good like the awareness is key like like with your experiences your thoughts and your beliefs like awareness is key like I can't like um what's the word salute anybody enough when they pulled like just like that situation told perfectly like you should totally honor yourself for like how much you could pull yourself up and like straight away know that was totally out of alignment like it's not that bad of a thing you just wanted to help somebody but like the fact that you knew it was out of alignment so much is just going to make it so much easier for you next time to say no do you girls have any any things in the moment to help people say no if they feel like something goes against what they believe in what can they do in the moment? I always just say, hey, look, I've got some stuff on. Can I think about it and get back to you? Like, because sometimes, like, I already know I'm going to say no, but I just need time to think of how I'm going to say no. Yeah. Because it's hard. It's a skill. Especially in the moment as well when someone's asking you directly or you're yeah. looking them in the eye. I actually wrote a list because I used to be a real yes girl. Mm. I'd say yes to everything and I'd end up burning myself out or I'd end up letting someone else down because I just wouldn't want to disappoint anyone. So I actually wrote a list 
of all the ways that I could decline offers, but that's still completely aligned to me and my boundaries. And it would be just like, oh, hey, I actually have a lot of other priorities right now. I won't be able to make this. Yeah, I think that's so good. It really helped me because you're still honoring yourself and you're still respecting them. Yeah, I um, I started like being super honest <laughs> to people because I used to, I used to like say no, but I'd be like, oh, I can't come because I have to do this. And then they'd be like, yeah, but like, do you really have to do that right now? <laughs> and then I'd be like, yeah, I have to do this. And I'm like, oh, well, like, can't you call them and get out of it and come to this? And, I'd, and then I'd end up going, like, I'd get talked into it. So now I've even practiced saying, look, I've, I've had a massive week and I just don't feel up to it. Maybe next time. Can we reschedule? Can we book another time? And, and just being super honest about how I'm feeling at the time because then you don't have to try and make up a story or figure yeah. something out. Definitely honest key because you want to keep your own integrity and your own yeah. word in check as well. That's misalignment, isn't it? When you when you like say no to be true to yourself, but it's through a lie, then you kind of still have that misalignment anyway. Yeah, it still doesn't feel good. Yeah. And when you lie to yourself as well, that really does affect your self-worth and the way that you see yourself. 100%. Okay, so I have a limiting belief that I've been hearing a lot lately, and I think it's because 2020 has been uh, yeah, you know, 2020 has been a year. So I've been hearing a lot of people say in regards to their self, like self-development or personal growth or their fitness journey or their, you know, their um, healthy eating journey, they're saying there's not like, you know, 2020 is a write-off. I'll wait until 2021. And I feel like that's such a limiting belief because they feel like they can't do anything worthwhile for the rest of this year. And we're only in November. There's still so much time. So can we dissect that? Yeah, I think Definitely. I think like 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 just straight off the bat, why wouldn't you want to do anything in 2020? Like 2020 has been the best year for me to develop myself because I haven't had that many other distractions. And if you're waiting for 2021, what can you do right now to be at your prime and ready to go like and like go out with a bang at the beginning of 2021? Like, like what's the little things you need to do? Maybe you need to do the inner work. Maybe you need to write down your limiting beliefs. Um, maybe you need to map out what your goals are, but like what, what can you do to prep for 2021 as well? You know what I mean? Mm, exactly. Yeah. And I think as well. It's important because I you know, I found myself saying at the very start of COVID when Queensland first into lockdown, I was like, oh, I'm just going to lie on the couch. And I found myself getting into that little bit of a mindset. And what actually got me out of it was like redoing my goals and getting clear on my why and getting clear on why 2020 was going to be my year, no matter what else is going on in the world. So I think that when people start to work on their, you know, their, their purpose and their why, and they start to dig deeper in that, it can really help you have faith and keep going through all the hard times. Yeah, no, I think you really nailed that. The what? only way that you can overcome limiting beliefs too is by actually creating awareness so if you're really dedicated to being the best version of you and, you know, living your dream life as well, I think, as we said before, awareness is key. And we don't have to do what everyone else is doing. We don't have to follow the news or the world and, you know, rest, do all of that. We can work on ourselves every day. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing yeah, that I was saying yeah. to those people is what will be different in 2021? Exactly. You know, like, yes, hopefully we're not going to be going through this global pandemic, but how is it going to be so different? Like, how is your fitness journey going to be different to start then than it is now? You know, that's an amazing point, Ebony, because there's always going to be something. If it's not in our personal life, it's in our world. 
we've had, you know, we had the BLM movement, we had all of those, we have had so much going on as a collective. It's up to us to our inner world living in peace and harmony. It's up to us to feel good every day. Exactly. It's even more important to do self-growth and make sure that your inner environment is good when your external environment has kind of turned to shit because then at least you're going well on the inside. But yeah, I thank you. Thank you for breaking that down because I think that probably a lot of people listening, it would have been one thing or the other that we're thinking, oh, that can wait, you know, that can wait, that can wait. But um, if we've learned anything this year, it's that, you know, in, in Victoria especially, we were putting things off and putting things off. We finally got out of lockdown and then we went into an even more harsh lockdown. So I think you never know what's around the corner. I think that at the end of the day, there's that saying, which I love, which is you'll find an excuse or you'll find a way. Yeah, 100%. And like something I like to think about, like if you're going to keep putting it off just due to COVID, is that really causing you more stress or more pain? Yeah, exactly. And what can you do now? Like instead of being like, I can't do that now, I can't do that now, I can't do that now, what can you do now? There is heaps for people to do, especially if we're talking about creating their own businesses and stuff like that. Like, yeah, COVID held me and Maddie back a little bit from um, doing events, which you would know about as well, Ebony, because you've um, done an event too. Like COVID definitely held us back in that aspect a little bit. But there's so much to do. There's so much mm. stuff. And even if even if maybe you don't have a business and you're working on yourself, there are so many free online courses. I'm actually doing a free um, a free eight-week week course at the moment on hormone balancing. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you just have to be interested in something. There's so many free courses online these days. Like, like it's um, like it really comes back to, like, the resources are there. People just have to look for them because there are so many resources on the internet. It's ridiculous. Oh, 100%. There's always opportunities out there if you open up your eyes There's two questions as well that I invite everyone to sort of ask themselves and that's how does this global belief that we all have at the moment, how is that serving you and your family and your future? And then the other question as well that we ask our clients is what opportunities does it deny you in the present moment? And if you think about that, all the opportunities, us believing that COVID is holding us back, we are getting denied of beautiful opportunities. Yeah, no, 100%. Even just asking yourself, like, what's keeping me stuck right now? What's what's not making me move forward? Is it COVID or is there another belief? Because yeah, if it's not COVID, there's always going to be something else going on. Yeah, because like you said before, Ebony, you either find an excuse or a way. So is COVID an excuse or, yeah, what is it? Yeah, and you might have to do something differently. Like like we said, there are things that we haven't been able to do. And this year was my first event in January and I had a few like ready to roll out and I was so pumped about it. And obviously that hasn't happened. <laughs> and I used to feel a lot of guilt about this. Personally, 2020 in terms of my business growth and personal growth has been a huge year in a positive way for me. And like obviously I'm not happy that we've had a global pandemic and I know that it's been devastating for so many others. There's there's two ways I could have gone about this year the way that I have and I, I'm in the situation that I am now where I'm thinking I like just can't imagine going back to the start of the year or I could have been like okay cool it's a year off for me, gyms are closed, you know my work's done, I'm just going to hang out and you know bludge through 2020 we'll hit reset 2021 and then I'll smash my goals. You will thank yourself and even if it is waiting till 2021 Imagine getting to the start of the year and already being a month and a half ahead of what you would be if you wait until until 2020, 2021. And realistically, 
when you rely, this is my opinion anyway, but when you rely on that New Year's Eve driver, that only lasts so long. So it's better to like build up that momentum before we get there. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred, a hundred percent. So it's like almost asking yourself, all right, so if I can't do that, what else is possible for me? Mm. And it's a vicious cycle too. And if we don't break it now, we're never going to be able to break it because when we have unhealthy beliefs, they lead to unhealthy habits and then unhealthy habits produce negative results and negative outcomes in our life that then reinforce those unhealthy beliefs. So it's a cycle. It is. It's a vicious cycle. And we have to break it any chance we get, any opportunity we get. Yeah. And like, like I honestly believe limiting beliefs don't just crush like your existing hopes and dreams, but they also hold you back from visualizing like exciting new goals, new possibilities. And even like Maddie said earlier, recognizing the opportunities that might even be sitting right in front of you. So I think it's like important to like change your perspective on that because you could be holding your back yourself back from like opportunities you don't even see at the moment because you have that perspective of 2020s a write-off we have guys and guys and gals on here that are interested in visualizing and are interested in manifesting if you have that um, mentality of 2020s a write-off then how are you going to like visualize a meditation of what you really want when you're closing all the doors yeah exactly exactly and I think that we're going to talk that into existence in some way like if you're saying every single day 2020 is the worst nothing happens in 2020 then I don't think these golden opportunities are going to be coming you know to your front door even if they are there you won't see them if that's your mentality so I think that that's really important yeah yeah no I agree 100% so I would love to finish off I know last week you guys had some tangible takeaways so even if it is just to recap in terms of beliefs what is like one to three things that you want the listeners to be able to take away from today I think one of the most important things for me would be to know that the beliefs that you have are not facts no, so, no, not at all. Yeah, like however deeply ingrained the beliefs may be, they're not facts and you have the power within you to change them at any point. Yeah, and it's not the um, events or the experiences that shape yeah. our lives, but it's our beliefs of what they mean. So when we would, like if we recap on what we're talking about, um, experience, they experiences last, um, must have been last month now, was it? Um, what, what, what happens to us, they don't have to shape us. But what we choose to believe about them, that's what can shape us. And that's why our beliefs are so important and we can't let them limit us. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys so, so much. I've loved this episode. I feel like I loved it even more than the first one. When we talk about beliefs, I get really fired up. I feel like they're so important and almost underrated. But I cannot wait for the next few episodes of this series. Yeah, I'm really excited um, to go into the next episode with you because it's going to just be so much more in-depth because um, when we talk about our beliefs, right, um, that's what we believe to be true and we can choose to believe it, we can choose not to believe it, we can rewrite it, but it's kind of what comes next is so in our um, pyramid, when you see a picture of it, it's got the pyramid and then in the middle when it comes to the thoughts, it's circled with a big circle because that's the decision maker. That's when you can actually choose to change your belief. And our thoughts are everything. They dictate everything. Yeah. So, so I don't like, like I didn't want to give away too many tangible steps just on beliefs, just because the next step is the decision maker. That's when we're really going to go into how, how you do the change of what's coming up. So if everyone stays tuned, it would definitely be in the next episode. Amazing. And that'll be next month oh my gosh that'll be december that's crazy wow so So exciting well yeah thank you girls so much thanks ebony thank you
And that wraps up episode two of the Mastering Your Mindset series with NLP coaches Maddie and Beck. If you guys enjoyed this, you're going to absolutely love that they've started their own podcast and I have everything linked in the show notes below. Thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for next month when we dive into episode three. Thank you so much for listening and as always, until the next episode, I wish you happiness and real health.